0: Oh, a little bit of a music sting. This is our producer, Courtney, and we always refer to Courtney. Everybody say, hi, Courtney. That was terrible. Everybody say, hi, Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Eight out of ten. Um, thanks, Court. All right, I'm going to introduce the co-host. I've uh, got loads to get through, so let's get into it. As he sits down, his derriere... <clears throat> First co-host is Sophia Molly, uh, award-winning journalist, broadcaster, fashionista who's been on the bubbles for a couple of hours. Here she is, <laughs> rude. Sit on down, there you go. And our other co-host is Marcus Teague. Tall glass of water, great basketballer, amazing rider, great human all around. Give it up for Marcus Teague. That's fine, sir, yeah, yeah. We'll do a quick uh, middle of banter and then we'll bring on our other people. <clears throat> Well, wow, what a year! Great, that was a fantastic yeah. banter. Love that.
1: Love it. Love
0: it. Our first guest is none other than the Avalanche's Tony de Blasi. <laughs> Give it up for Tony. <laughs> He's wearing a jacket he bought in Japan. <clears throat> and uh, how much did you pay for that? Two bucks. Two bucks. Yeah.
2: Two bucks. Whew, you got Two bucks off. times
0: maybe a thousand. <laughs> fantastic. Tony has been in the band since 1997. Originally, uh, Quentin's brittle bones. Fun fact. Uh, now yeah, have three. I al- don't
2: think we need to bring all the <laughs> <laughs> the former band names up.
0: Just cut that, Courtney, from the podcast. Thank you. Uh, yeah, three albums out. Um, I'll get introduced to you in a second. If I told you in t- 2015 that in the next uh, six years you would put out two albums, be touring the world, winning awards, and everything would kind of be tickety boo again, what would you have said? Tell
2: you you're dreaming. <laughs>
0: Tell him he's dreaming. All right. He did say to me in an interview that he'd been through seven shades of shit. So thanks for showering. And here we are today. That's a good day, <laughs> joke. Very good. We've got another guest as well. So she want to introduce our next guest for the first panel.
1: She, her daughter is here celebrating her first birthday. So we've got to give love and shouts <laughs> to Soju Gang, DJ, fashion designer, activist, General down ass bitch.
2: Yep. You know what I mean? I like a she's a
1: hustler her. and a game changer, uh, doing a thing and doing it really well. Where is she? Spring her so out. You- Let's go.
0: Whoo! All right. Yeah, we've arrived. Hit different live podcast. Super honored to be here. Music market. Everything. Okay. Great. All right. And breathe. We'll start with you, uh, young man, because we've got a lot to get through. Young man. Young man. Yes, young man. So, first question. Shit. Okay. What have you been up to? Give us the scoop on who, what you're working about. What you're working on?
2: Uh, well, we're at the at the moment, we're actually writing songs for a new album, which is very exciting. Yeah, that's Ta- it. Tell us a little bit more about that. Who you're working with? What are the what are the sort of the vibes? Can't really just... can't really say names at the moment, but we're Hits. working with one of my favourite artists of all time.
1: Australian He's or
2: no American? This could become a quiz. I, I love her so much. It's like I've got her, her email address and I have to try really hard just to not fan out. Is and it?
1: Can I ask, is it like uh, a really like stock standard email address, like chukka.khan at gmail.com? Uh, uh, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely.
2: Right. Like if you knew her name. Kylie Minogue at Hotmail. Gmail. Yes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When you, Sorry, but, but give, like, give us another really hint. Exciting. Give us another hint. I can't hint. Uh, like, uh, I really would love to, but, like... Should he tell really us, everybody? No, I always yeah. say this shit, but, like, people get really angry at me when I let all these things go,
3: so... You passed the test. Well done. Uh, well done. Yeah. Is this for a track, Tony, or... or a like, track, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Are, we to- are we talking... When you say working with, are we talking like Paul McCartney in... in uh, no, not, get Back, not like where that. Where it's like, come on, the chords. Not, not Paul McCartney. Get your, get your acoustic... we,
2: We've tried Paul McCartney but before. That,
3: that style of writing, where it's like, okay... Or is it more kind of like you're sending tracks across? Sending
2: them, tracks yeah. across and then she'll just do a little vocal or something. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Very okay. cool. Uh, the last record, We Will Always Love You, you actually sort of, uh, you sort of made the comparison to you 2 Akhtung Baby, when they made this sort of change in their style and gave them an extra 20 years of, of longevity.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, this doing might this give a... us an extra five. Okay. <laughs> Great. It's
1: a type five. Very type good. Five.
0: gives us a type five. Five in this day and age is... Heaps, pretty good. You must be astounded to still be relevant in a way. Well, wow!
2: Wow! <laughs> I actually <Like> am. <laughs> Tears <laughs> served. Honestly, like I am podcast. very realistic. The cliff comes very soon for oh, artists. Damn. You just don't know. Tell when us about it's the Jamiroquai gig. let's
0: get into the worst, the worst oh, gig you've ever man. done. Like, go, go, it's gonna be fun.
2: We did this like gig with Jamiroquai, and I think it was like 2005. And we we're riding really high up since I left you. It's like everyone loved it. It was huge in England and all over the world. and We had. Jay-Z, like, going, yeah, it's really cool. And we were like, yeah, we're amazing. And then five years later, we, like, DJed in front, like, to, in front of Jimirica, in front of, supported, whatever that means. Um, and we were like, yeah, we're a cool band. Everything's fine. Everyone's going to love us. And there were 20,000 people in Central, what's that? Central? Centennial Park. Centennial Park. And... It was, like, the worst gig we've ever done. Everyone just stood there and looked at us like we were the biggest losers. And then at one point, someone held up a massive sign with Jamiroquai's face and, like, pointed it out to the crowd. And everyone cheered, like, get off, you losers! And, uh, yeah, I don't
3: think... So is not on the record. uh, (laughs) And you were were
0: playing some Afrobeat kind of music. We
2: were playing, like, lots of...
0: Yeah, which music. everyone is listening to now. There's all those people that probably booed you are now going,
2: I'm really down with Nigeria. I don't know if the people who booed us would really be into that music, to be honest. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it was a terrible event. Virtual insanity. You know, you grow from those things. You do. You're yeah. a
0: pretty tough cat. Like, you, you managed to sort of, uh, and we'll get to you as, as well, Joe, so I'm very aware of not neglecting uh, our guests. But the Seven sh- Shades of Shit, there would have been times where you're like, what do I do? Do, do I just, you know, go work at Bunnings? Or? I actually
2: wanted to become a pilot. All right, this is Glasses said we're on the so couch I, was, here. I was like sitting there going, I should take flying lessons because this would be like a nice career choice for me. But for some reason, I hang on to this band and I uh, still can't tell you if it's a good decision or not. Of course,
1: it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're the opening of music like,
2: market, Paradise City.
1: Like commercial aviation or like commercial, yeah, 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 commercial. Yeah, cool. Have you yeah,
2: had, like, like one of those, you know, cool dude pilots that walks in. Cool dude pilots? <laughs> as, you, as you're like waiting for your plane in this yeah. shitty seat and the, the pilots just like walk through and you're like, yeah, I want to be that guy. Last year you did uh, a party for Melbourne with Soju Gang Supporting and yep. it was
0: at the time as well when we are all deep in love. I think down. we might
2: have like outdone the Aries as far as people watching. Yeah. You absolutely did.
0: Uh, we did. Everyone <laughs> was frothing online. I was watching it and I didn't realise how much I needed to cry. And I was watching you, Soju Gang. And you were DJing in your bedroom and you just looked up at one stage to the, to the, uh, to the camera and I was poof, <laughs> just started bawling. And then you guys came on and DJ, and I was just, oh, I was losing my what mind. What song was it? Um, it was that <laughs> song that you played that was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the whole thing was did just... Did it have a just, beat? It did have a beat. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah you pause a beat what's your sort of uh, recollection of, of that gig and how sort of cathartic it was for you and you know to be doing something creative to a really you know a, a great uh, and very receptive audience at the time
4: well i think um, especially just being a dj we didn't have a lot going on um, I know I was wondering what the hell I was going to do. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to be a pilot. My attention span is... <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
2: oh. I, I shouldn't either. <laughs> I, I don't have any... <laughs> is I doing me? some YMCA dancing? Like, plane gonna... crashes if I actually do, but...
4: Yeah, well, it was me trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? What's going to go on? Got a handful of DJ gigs. Amazing to do one with the avalanches and that. And it was really great. It was, I think, for the first time in a really, really, really long time that I actually just... Played it and enjoyed what I did. Plus, it was a really fun little setup. I had. Like, it was. It was really great. I they had people send down all, like the lights and everything, so then it can look like semi-profesh. And I just attached, of <laughs> like the camera up to like the bed frame of my thing. And because I didn't get everything, I actually had to shine my camera into a mirror, That's to get right. it right. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was dope. Because it was like straight. If I just had it straight like that, it wasn't getting enough. So I was like, oh, if I do like the reflection in the mirror, I'm going to get way more and it's going to look really, really, really great. And it did. So um, I'm proud of me mm. for saying yeah. that. <laughs> <word>. <laughs> and w- and it, applause. Was, it
2: was so incredible. I'm like, I think we saw you like play to art exhibition before that.
4: It, w- it might have been like the NGV. Like
2: NGV? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And it was, so like, was like, man, she's amazing. Let's like, so get you guys, her man. on. We, we didn't meet. That's how I discovered. Wow, so you're the fanboy. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God, of course. Yeah, we didn't meet
4: until this year for another one of your gigs. Yeah. And it was like, we see each other on the internet all the time. Yay! (laughs) So that was really, really good.
2: But it was great. Her set was, like, such a good kind of, like, you know, moment when Melbourne was in lockdown and everything was was a bit depressing and it was like so oh. many people messages us and was like, oh, her mm. set was incredible and... YouTube um, comments were amazing. They're like, yeah.
0: kick-ons on, kick at revs and everybody was really... <laughs> yeah. People were going hard. Yeah. yeah. That and was
4: good. I was a bit worried about like what people would like and what they wouldn't. And then it was just like, no, I'm just DJing. Mm. <laughs> but I remember, like, I didn't, I
2: didn't hear from Soju for about three days and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, is she still, does she still want to do it? And she's yeah. like, no, I just want to make it really good. And then she played me the set and I was like, man, this is amazing. Like, this is, this is great. Yeah.
3: I've got a real quick one. So that that moment, eager. yeah, that moment came also kind of just after we'd been in sort of the clutches of lockdown and everything was feeling pretty despairing. Did you sort of go through moments in the lead-up thinking, what are we going to do? This wasn't our career arc. You, especially, Tony, you guys had your record out, which was this well, about to come out, which was this big joyous kind of feeling and you couldn't share it with people. Until that moment, what was the feeling between both of you as artists thinking, I, how do I c- connect with my community?
2: Well, it was quite uh, not depressing, but it's like, you know, you, you make a record and you want to... Bring it out to the fans and play live and do all that kind of stuff. And this was just a, a really nice substitute to do to um, kind of express, you know, how we're doing musically and just to give something back to the community as well. And how the hell did you mix it though? You were remotely, you and Robbie. Well, we're not mentioning Robbie Chatter. Don't tell. <laughs> us. Science, man. That was <laughs> wild. Science. They were DJing <laughs>
0: remotely. Yeah. On Nokia Bluetooth. Now, how did how did you? How did it all go down? Thanks for that one personal. There, laugh. there
2: is technology that the aliens gave us that we can't um, tell to the to the to you humans. <laughs> um, Classic pilot. No, it was it was actually <laughs> a little bit pre-recorded and all that stuff. So, okay. but we did play live and kind of hacked it together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But we yeah recorded it and then kind of mm. did it. Um, yeah, made it happen on the night. Right. <laughs> Let's just okay. say that. Just cleaning it up there, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In, a, in, a, in a way... But it was actually impossible to do it. Like two different people in two different rooms missing yeah. something. Yeah, well, so. you, yeah you, I feel like you own the moment really, really beautifully. And then we had that great... The
0: concert at City of My, Did anyone go to the City of My Music Bowl concert to see the avalanches? Most of you... Okay, great. Um, <clears throat> that was one of the most... I love
1: all the visual cues for this <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> it's good. This is where like... The laughter is everyone there. It's
2: great. If there's, like, cameras, we just make everyone go, yeah! Right. <laughs> just, like, sh- we'll cut, to, cut to, like, a Guns N' Roses concert or something when they play <laughs> Paradise City. <laughs> Courtney, fix that in post. Okay, yeah, great. We can do that. Yeah, right. as, as hyperbolic, and I don't care how
0: Hillsong this sounds, you very much were the, the one set of footprints in the sand for a lot of people uh, mm. in, in, in that time, you know, like drip-feeding seven singles to us, giving us the party for Melbourne with, uh, with Soju killing it as well. And then having this moment, I've never seen so many people just punch the air and just be so free at that Sydney My Music Bowl concert. The sound was immense. It was just like earth shattering. At one stage, um, these, uh, these chairs were, were moving towards and knocking over Prosecco. It was cool. just the whole thing was like, this is working. <laughs> and you guys,
2: were, you were doing your George Costanza jump. Uh, <laughs> well. Look, I, like I have to say, you actually said it to me. In a text later, and I like I did do my hamstring, <laughs> so I would have jumped higher, but I tore my hamstring, and I was like just like I didn't bouncing know off my heel. That's a scoop, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's like, and honestly, even if I didn't tear my hamstring, the jump's not going to be that much higher.
0: <laughs> okay, very good.
2: But I was a little bit debilitated by that. Tell the us hamstring. about
0: the before, the during, and and then the after of, of you know of headlining the, the the bowl.
2: Yeah, well, I guess it was. Um, you know, we've we had uh, cancelled a lot of tours before that, obviously because of COVID. So we're very excited to get back out and we put a lot of work into it. And, you know, for the first time we were like, we're just going to have this amazing like light show and visuals and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was just really amazing for all it to come, come together in the end.
0: Yeah. It's like an exorcism as well of all the pandemic demons in a way that's how it felt for me it
2: it was it was just this great kind of outlet for the first time we just went oh my god we haven't played a show in so long and we're able to do it and it's just a shame because you know we have to face forward but like I've seen out that like the show that happens behind us (laughs) and I'd really love to sit there in the crowd and kind of look at myself but I guess I've got to Kind of master out of body experiences to be able to do that. And it's a I'm bit not, American psycho. Though. I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. You just
4: get somebody to like Instagram, like Instagram video call you, and set up like your That's phone, a good idea. and then have somebody in the crowd
0: mm.
2: just doing that. Oh, yeah. Tony I keeps like quitting technology. Instagram.
0: You keep quitting Instagram.
2: Technology.
0: <laughs> I do. You are off the gram or on the gram at the moment?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I'm. You
1: know.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> Glad I asked. <laughs> um,
1: so obviously this. Your latest record that's come out—it's you know, it's going to be at the top of many a best of list at Apple the end Apple of yeah. this year. Um, for a record that hasn't been able to be toured much at all, it's done the long yards already. You know what I mean? But I can imagine that you know, for any artist when they're plotting out an album release, they're also plotting out where they're going to tour it, how they're going to tour it. Um, obviously, conceptualizing a live element to to an album release is a big part of that album release too. So I can imagine it must have been really tough for you and Robbie to sort of be like, how the fuck are we going to execute an album cycle when we can't get out there and actually yeah, connect uh, it with people? Like, can can you tell us a bit about mentally how you got over that hurdle initially? Because I know that... I mean, anyone who's a fan of the Avalanches records, you can hear the amount of... Um, like meticulous effort that's gone into it from the ground up, whether that's choice of collaborators, through to arrangements, through to full execution. Like, how did you first get over that hurdle of being like, we, you know, we've we've got this completed body of work, but we kind of have to sit on it?
2: We just got really depressed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As okay. I said, cool. To, to relatable. To the relatable the content. No, not, everybody. Well, that's
2: it, it's like it, it's very sad, and it's. um but in the end, it's just you've you've just got to deal with the cars that you're dealt. And, mm. you know, we had tours planned in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. And unfortunately, they couldn't go ahead. But you, I guess you've just got to kind of get along with it, get on with it and just keep going.
1: I mean, we were talking about some international opportunities just before um, that may or may not be in the pipeline. And it's just like, is it harder to get excited about them now when it's just like, yeah, we've... It is. You know, it's just been postponed off and on again. Because it's
2: like every year there's been like, oh, we're going to tour the US and you've got these amazing shows in Europe and everything. And it's like, oh, that's not going to happen this year. Mm. It's like two years in a row of that not happening. So it's kind of hard to get excited Mm. about that. But I feel like next year is going to open up, Mm. hopefully. Does everyone else? Yes. Yes. Oh, really excited. There's not going to be nothing else that's going to like stop us, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's create it.
2: a new variant. No, no, no let's not. Yeah. Okay. How many letters are there in the Greek alphabet? <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for that to end, and then COVID's over. That will be good. Yasu,
0: yeah, so, uh, our friend Courtney wanted me to uh, <laughs> wanted me to uh, ask. Hey, Connie, just wave. Very good. <laughs> you said uh, a good question to ask that brings the, the crowd onside is, and I'll ask both of you. Uh, the toughest career choices, how you felt about it at the time, and how you feel about it now. What pushed you into that that corner of you know these really difficult things that you've had to do in your careers? You want to go first, soju? Um,
4: I think I wouldn't say they were very much that hard for me, but it was um about picking and choosing who I worked with in terms of gigs, um, companies, and that. I I would like. Before I heard, like, you are rating all the stuff I do, I wouldn't consider myself an activist at all. I grew up around mob. I grew up in community. I don't see what I do as any type of activism whatsoever. But I was raised by a community, and I have a responsibility to to them. So it's... I... When anybody says anything like that, I would say I'm not an activist. I'm a community member. Mm -hmm. You know, I was given the opportunities to speak on... You know, I grew up, I grew up with these experiences, these are my people, Mm. this is who I belong to. It's my responsibility to speak up if I have any type of platform. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like sometimes with the word activist, it can be kind of given to anybody. Anybody can check it in their bios or whatever. True. But, Mm. you know...
2: Like, people like to kind of use that as a platform for themselves. It's like, I'm an activist.
4: It's always
1: kind of been co-opted by, like... Yeah. yeah, performative bullshit. You yeah, know? Mm. But it's
4: like I don't answer to anybody else except for my community. Yeah, you know I don't have to prove anything because yeah. I've I live there. That's that's my family. That's my home. And uh, there's been a couple of times where things have happened, whether it was working with specific people or with companies, and that that has just either not done what I feel like they need to do in terms of um, looking after mob, looking after community but also like the queer community as well and the wider POC community and kind of picking and choosing being like, you know, I'm, I'm not that fab, you know, I know like, if I turn something down, they're just going to get somebody else, but it's like, I want to walk with my community wherever I go. So if they're not willing to, and I guess the best way to describe this is like, is, you know, getting a black follower through the door isn't good enough you need to be able to bring their whole community with them. Mm. So it's like, um, you know, if you're just having like one person on a lineup, if you're including somebody on like a dinner or for like PR or anything, that means nothing if you're not giving them the opportunities to welcome and support their community, their family members, um, making sure that they're feeling supported and um, safe. So there's been heaps of times, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but like there's been heaps of times where I've actually just turned down stuff whatever, um, I feel like in the long run that's just worked out for me. Mm-hmm. It means that the people that I get to work with are the people who are on the same page as me. Mm-hmm. I know that everyone that I work with now, um, for the most part, does mm-hmm. what's needed to be done. An example would be like there's this... I think it's like the one club that I play at every week. And without even talking to me, they, um, <laughs> they decided they were going to be the NAIDOC after party. So they made cool. sure... They did a thing where they made sure all mob just like you know, send in your names and how many numbers and they got you through the door. They gave me, like, a shitload of drink cards and that of, like, champagne and drink cards and everything. And even then, because, you know, people muck up. Some people mucked up, but they made sure they didn't kick anybody out because they were like, this isn't what this is about. It's about communication. Everybody just gets rowdy sometimes. Didn't kick anybody out and they just made sure everybody felt safe and supported. And now a lot of my community actually just go there hang out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I didn't have to do anything i didn't have to say oh can we do this or is it okay if we maybe try this out or whatever mm. they did it without talking to me they were just like you know we, we have a responsibility and it's like i don't want to have to ask people to do stuff all the yeah. time you should mm. just be doing it well, it's tiring. i'm sorry i keep looking at you <laughs> 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 would, would you say yes, so, sarah ju- god damn no would you say <laughs> so, soju they stuck the landing yeah definitely Oh, do we have the sound? Oh, my God. No. Yeah. No. Imagine. Uh, Imagine. Uh, Imagine. There, we there
3: we go. What's the sound if they does stick? They kind of sound the same.
4: Yeah. There's no explosion at
2: the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it brings up memories of your work experience. This is experience. like Paul Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. David Letterman show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To my best Paul Schaefer. How about you, senior?
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Interesting.
2: <laughs> the, hardest, the hardest shit you've gone through where you've gone, oh. Do I do do this? Do I do this Philip Morris gig? (laughs) I just think, like, staying in this band was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was like we took 16 years to make a record that... 16 years! (laughs) Honestly, people, that is insane. It is insane. That's so crazy. And actually sticking through that to go, I believe in this so much. And there was, you know, so many moments where I just wanted to walk away... Like, and I probably like should have, like seriously.
0: <laughs> like the four other members which, who did, you know?
2: Well, mm. yeah. Mm. Good for them.
0: Yeah. Honestly. At one stage too, I'm no, I, I don't want to get you sort of on the hop here, but I saw you play at Melbourne Town Hall and that night it was the Avalanche. There was only one it's original me. member. I know. Jo- and John- somehow John-
2: got away with it.
0: Jonty was filling in for Robbie. I'll tell you how you got away with it. You walked out behind the drum kit and just went, yeah, push, push, The crowd went bonkers. And I was like, okay, cool. Tony's yeah. the Avalanche tonight. Yeah. Because um, obviously Robbie was going through a bit of a hard time. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, to, to speak very frankly to Rob, he's gone through alcoholism, he's gone through a lot of health issues. One thing he does with all artists, all your collaborators, whether it be, um, you know, Rivers from Weezer, Kurt Vile, Flaming Lewis, Wayne Coyne, everybody, you know, Nana Cherry, he gives them notes and he has a chat with them about his life experience and how he's sort of his bittersweet um, road and, he, you know, his narrative. Tell us a little bit about that because... Are you part of that as well? Because people that don't gel, you kind of go, okay, that's fine. We're going to move on from you.
2: We definitely, like, always talk about what we're sending people and all that stuff. And it's really good, like, he's very expressive in how he feels. And it's like, you know, the people that we work with kind of have to be on the same page as well. So we're just not getting these famous people and going, oh, just do what you want to do and, you know, whatever. It's like there has to be some type of, ...cohesion in what our vision and everything is. So even like we've had very successful artists... ...that we've just like, nah, it doesn't really work and... Names? And...
3: Uh, <laughs> Axl Rose. <laughs> Joke. I'm shocked. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> is it. Is it hard when, especially with Robbie approaching it that way... ...and you're asking them to essentially kind of tap into something... ...that they don't share with everyone... I know that there was that story with Terence Trent Darby. Sorry, I f- what's I f- I forgot his current name. Sananda Matreya. Yes. Um, what a track. Where, and, you know, going to Perry Farrell's house and having these real heart-to-hearts. Is it tough when the track comes back and you're kind of like, oh, it doesn't really work? Sorry, but there's that story. Uh, that,
2: that, that really didn't happen that often. Okay. So it was really cool. Like, Sananda was amazing. But his whole thing was like, he just did, like, three tracks of all this kind of ad-lib stuff. So we had to really edit that down to make it, like, what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just really great. Like, it was just this amazing creative kind of burst from him. Mm-hmm. And you do have to just kind of edit to, to edit it to make it, you know, fit into this kind of pop structure. And mm-hmm. it works so well. And Perry was – Perry Farrell was incredible. Like we so went cool. to his house in Santa Monica. Big fan of his, like from Jane's Addiction and Porno for poros. and yeah. he was so nice. It's like <laughs> so nice and but, but just had like went to his house and it was all like all this art, amazing art. And he's like, oh, you know, every time like I do Lollapalooza, we have art galleries and I just like buy everyone's art. And like we went to the toilet, he had four Banksy's on his wall in the <laughs> toilet and it's okay. like. Uh, all right, I'm in a different world here. But it's really amazing to meet these people who are quite legends and they're just so welcoming and humble and nice and just want
3: to, like, still do artistic things with you. Totally. And I think to your credit as well, it's not like they're just kind of features on the record. Like, you do some sort of magic trick where you rope them into your narrative or your universe or something and it seems to elevate that's the thing i think you've just got to like you
2: know i guess you could have a lot of guest artists that might just want to do their own thing but it's like got to be this very collaborative experience in what we're doing and so the people that we did work with and got on the and there were other people like we said but like they bought into what we were thinking and everything so and that's how it worked
3: has that been hard recently if you're working on new stuff? I assume a lot of it has kind of been while you guys are in lockdown. Is it hard to make those same connections just on a Zoom or, you know, a call or whatever? And it's like, we want you to be a really important part of this record. But we've got 45 minutes before our free Zoom call runs out. So let's get this done.
2: Uh, like, not really. We're kind of just in the the starting process of making the new record now. So we haven't really dealt with that. Um, but all the, like, the the few little uh, communications we've had with artists so far have been really good. Terrific. Terrific. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I had a question. It just... It, oh, yep, here we go. Um, Gold Sky with Kurt Vile. So Robbie you've been yep. up all night, incredible track on the, on the last record. He'd been up all night and he received the file and he wasn't super into it. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether Kurt's, you know, brought the goods here. And... He's he sent it to you and you replied. This is the best fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I
2: actually went over and he's like, ah, I don't know about this Kurt Vile thing. I was like, play it and then listen to it. I went play it again, and I was like, get your video out. I'm gonna send a message to Kurt (laughs) Vile right now. I was like, this is so fucking sick, and it was. It was like beyond. It was like this. You know, it's. I guess you kind of like, you know, a lot of our music's very melodic and all that kind of stuff. And it was like this rambling kind of country. Stream of consciousness. Yeah, stream. And it just works so well. And I was like, this is mm. done. This is incredible, amazing. Mm.
0: So you two are like incredible soundboards for each other. And I know the, the love when you in the in this uh, party for Melbourne, the way you talked about each other from these remote locations about how much you missed each other. It was just completely touching. And it's, it's a lie. I yeah. hate him. <laughs> Seriously. You guys were meeting up in Northgate and, uh, and having these kind of like these sort of mafioso <laughs> chats on the street. We
2: did because it was lockdown so we couldn't actually meet. So we'd like – you know, like when the mafia have to, you know, they were all like taped and everything like that. So they would like walk outside with their hands over their thing and just be like, yeah, someone, here. I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> so like, yeah, we're, we're doing the same thing as like, yeah, who are we going to get? Let's get like Kurt Vile and you know. <laughs> okay. um, so it was, it was, it was really cool. We would like just do little walks around the block without masks on and be like,
1: we're rebels again. Yeah.
3: Very good. I'm just uh, giving. Sorry,
1: we're just conferring. Conferring. You do, you f-
3: do you find Tony? that when you reach out to people that most people get it or do you have to go through layers or like there's that great story about rivers who just has a bunch of essentially post-it notes of lyrics and he just kind of like picks and chooses and you you get to buy a certain amount he was just
2: very spreadsheet like you know just kind of send us back a spreadsheet of three different melodies and lyrics and he's like just pick one and it was like just words and I'm like, well, I don't know how the malady is going to be. Send us the maladies and then he sent us the maladies and then we were like, let's just use all three. And we did in the song and it's just, you know, amazing.
3: What a sort of privilege to get that insight into so many people's different creative processes. It is. It's,
2: it's, it's an honour. and it's, it's. You're a bit
3: cheeky though, aren't you? You, you picked two for, for Rivers. I think we picked three.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to be, Like we really did.
0: Yeah, and that, that became that. Running red lights became for so many people. I got a friend in in Sydney who's going through all these sort of hard times in uh, in the Blue Mountains, and she's like, "Running red lights has just the song that's got me through lockdowns." And you know, <laughs> I think that happened for a lot of people. Just they picked different tracks on the record, if not the whole record, that just got them through this really rough patch. Mm-hmm.
1: Good, <laughs>
0: good, good. I'm
1: glad that worked. Good. Now, look in terms of um, speaking of. Choice collaborations and I guess curating a central sound, whether it be for for an album or a a great segue.
0: okay,
1: rude, rude. He's rude. Get out. He's rude. Um, Sorbets is returning to the bowl next year. Soju Gang flexing again her curatorial muscle. You did it earlier this year, and now it's coming back. Can you tell us a little bit about your process when it comes to, I guess, not only setting a vibe but creating a space where, you know, a crowd can rock up, see artists who are being able to perform in a space where they feel supported, nurtured, but also they're given the opportunity to to create something really unique because it's in, in a similar way, right? Like you're thinking just as you would do with an Avalanches record, you you have to be thinking in in a sort of broader sense too. So... When it comes to a live setting, you know, how do the gears in your head sort of work?
4: I think kind of um, like I was talking about earlier, if I get an opportunity, I try to reach out and create that to be a big, bigger opportunity. Um, when I got sorbets this year, it was um, absolutely huge for me. Um, for those who don't know, I was given the opportunity to put on an event at City My Music Bowl. So I got to curate it and everything. Um, And I wanted, specifically for that, I obviously wanted a really big focus on women of colour. But also because, you know, we're coming out of COVID, we were allowed out again. I wanted to create something where everybody did something completely different from each other, Mm. but still somehow in a way kind of meshed in with everybody else. Um, So we had like people doing rap, there was Afrobeats, Um, like Tech House, a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, I think all women of colour except for Pat um, Mm. who for the first time, I think this was like the first time he's done like a gig by just himself because he's been um, a supporter in music for I don't know how many years. But it was um, about not only creating a sort of like a party but an experience where – You know, you don't have to go to, like, ten different events. You can get all of these different sounds and different people in one. I had so many people message me being, like, I've never heard of this person, but Mm. now I'm, like, the hugest fan. Um, There was actually some really amazing opportunities that came out for the artists as well, um, both career-wise and personal. Um, Career-wise, somebody got signed to management um, so they get more work. Uh, Another one was, like, for an example, Pookie, who... um, is from an immigrant family. It was the first time that her parents had seen her perform. Mm. Like imagine telling your parents that you wanted to be a musician and they're like, mm-mm. <laughs> first time they saw her perform was on this giant stage and because I think originally she was going to have a band, she got one of those giant ass dressing rooms. So I walked in there later and her parents were like sitting in there <laughs> in like this, like the room was bigger than this stage here. And I was like, oh, is everything good? It's really love to meet you. And they're like, yes, 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 very good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but and like Pat, it was the first time that his like little nieces and nephews got to see him perform like his own stuff. So it was definitely what I was talking about earlier about creating opportunity, um, but also being able to introduce so many different new things to new people as well. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what, because as you said, I'm allowed to do it again Um, next year. I kind of want to continue that experience and still sort of highlight the sort of, beauty and sound that Melbourne has to offer here and still having that focus on people of colour. I wanted to try and mix it up a bit more. Mm. Um, We got more hours, so we got more people. Still want to mix it up. I think everybody does a completely different thing as well. Mm. And, yeah, I guess it's kind of just knowing what you want and then just finding those tiny little pieces to fit in. Mm. Yeah. No compromises, I guess, is the best way that I can describe it is that, you know, if I want it to be like this... And I want it to sound like this and I want it to look like this. It's got to be that way or else it doesn't create that experience that Mm. I want it to. Well, I knew some people
1: who went to Sorbet's earlier this year um, kind of not knowing what to expect. They just saw the names in the program and they were just like, oh, like we follow you on Instagram. Like, you know, we want to get along and support. Some of them, like all young mob as well, um... Who I know just from being like aspiring music journalists and you know aspiring creatives, two of them are now getting into DJing themselves. Two of them are now trying to get into events management and stuff. It's, and it's because they've seen that reflected on such a stage, and it's you know I, I hate saying it because it's such a fucking cliche at this point, but if you see those seats at the table actually being taken up, then you can feel like you are allowed to sit there as well. And yeah. it's like even if it's as minuscule as being like I follow Sergio on Instagram. I think I could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's sometimes that's all takes that it takes.
4: Well, definitely. I Well, I've never seen the whole seat at the table thing. It's like if somebody gives me the power to, I'm making my, I'm making my yeah. whole house, my own kitchen, yeah. my own house. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. brings their own table, like chair to sit down and everything. Mm-hmm. But that's like always been a focus is that like, you know, if you just give us the opportunity, you have no idea what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of. You know, I grew up in a community where, like, kids are only told that they can be either a football player or, uh, like, a youth worker. There's, like, we've only got a couple of options. I, growing up, was very lucky to have a mother who was like, Sky, I don't give a fuck what you want to do with your life as long as you strive to be the best at it. Mm -hmm. And I've carried that with me my whole way. I know a lot of kids didn't get that same opportunity to have that sort of support and backing. But I try and do that for my own mob. Like mm-hmm. with Sorbets, la- like last year and what's going to be happening. Not last year. This year. Yeah. And next year, I made sure that they gave me like a whole bunch of tickets specifically for mob. Mm-hmm. That they don't have to pay. They just have to show up and they get to enjoy it. Every time I've got stuff on, I make sure that people from my community come. Because it's like we we do have so much to offer. We just don't have that opportunity to not only see it but to participate. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about but before, you know... If I'm going forward, I'm taking everybody with me. It's not about just me being there and being like, "Hey, I yeah. got in, I'm doing all this great stuff." It's me being like, "Hey, I got my foot in the door. I'm opening up Come the window. Through, You're coming yeah. through." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like I'm pulling one of my cousins onto the. You um, said it this was year. like going to be like his first gig, right? It's going to be his first gig. I like I went through all his music at the bowl. And that. Yeah, not at the bowl, but I think he's done like a couple of like the little tiny gigs. Yeah, he's yeah, very. Yeah. Um, our family is very. was he ballsy like we're very like we've got no shame um (laughs) is the best way to describe it so it's like i know who we're able to do it i'm getting one of my friends just to fine tune his music a bit just to make sure that that sounds great on that stuff but i was like i'm not doing this as a handout like you're great you're worth it yeah now use it and hopefully you can get more opportunities outside of this Mm. yeah that's it
0: quite a jump as well um Previously, what was the biggest crowd you played to? And then the bowl. Like, the bowl is, you know, for you to have that belief and for pe- people to have that belief in you that you could pull something that amazing together.
2: <laughs> and to curate the whole... That's, yeah, that's no, that's, I think it's that's huge. huge. Yeah. I'm
4: terrified of a room of, like, 20, 30 people. So it's, like... The good thing with the bowl is, is, like, you can't really see the crowd because all the lights very are true, on you. So it's, like, true. me, like... Can't see. Um, <laughs> but, no, I... I have a lot of fear around everything that I do all the time but I think with sorbets like getting there in the morning and having everybody rock up I was like I don't care if nobody shows up I put on a show at Sydney Meyer like what was even greater about it's obviously because like the weather was horrible um I think we put it together in like a month we put it together in a month um and in some of those days as um you guys mentioned before like I've got my baby here I gave birth during the time that we were supposed to be planning it. So I was laying in the hospital bed um, after my caesarean. Oh, <laughs> um, oh. Sending, being like, oh yeah, um, so I can't come photo shoot like I'm due today. Um, <laughs> but let's do this. Here are these images. Let's do that. Um, but it's just like, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, what was the last bit that you said? <laughs> just that jump. You
0: know? yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, Yeah. It's just that, you know, I think it was the first time that I was like, I'm really proud of this this whatever, you know, like to be able to give the opportunity to even be able to put people that you really, really care about and their music that you know that you're very passionate about and they're very passionate about mm. to give them that space to do it. Plus, like in the end, it was like storming. we were going to shut that down because it was like, it's like a lightning magnet. They were like, okay, if it, the storm comes like 20 metres closer, we've got to turn everything off and shut it down. And people stayed It was pouring rain Mm. It was lightning People were like
2: All the videos Are mental It was like Everyone was going crazy Somebody was
4: like Holding a chair Like Dancing to the music But it was like I was really Really proud of it How
0: good Absolutely Absolutely. Live music How good is it By the way uh, In just a few minutes We're going to have Kian perform live For us Two songs Maple Glide is sitting over there. Tori Zeech rhymes with Peach. You're going to be performing <laughs> for us later on as well. Are uh, you guys going to stick around and do a DJ set back-to-back with me? Is that I've got know? no songs, but uh,
2: great. Oh, I'll
0: dance. you so <laughs> dance. So We've so seen good. that. That works. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do another like, tight five, and then, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on to Kian. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, Tony, what's the sort of current live Avalanches vibe? Because you sort of recently got a, a new member in a way, the Midnight Juggernaut's Andrew. His last name is pronounced... Sikaris. Very good. And he's sort of become a kind of, you know, a third, a third brother, like a third sort of soulmate in, yep. the, in your so band. So
2: we're writing we're, we're with him heaps. He's not part of the live band, but um, he's just been amazing to kind of like refresh our writing process because, like I said before, we get a bit sick of each other. Um, and, and, you know, we've been working with each other for 20 years and it's like really nice to bring someone in who... It's like he's got the same energy of us and he kind of understands where we're coming from and everything. So it's just a beautiful thing. He's a yeah. sweetheart as well. Isn't he's me? a he's total way, sweetheart.
0: One of the nicest people you meet. He's very, very nice. And he was on the last record a
2: lot, yeah? Massively, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he was incredible, like instrumental in, in the whole of the last record. Mm-hmm.
0: You had Wolfgram Sisters. You had a bunch of people playing uh, you know, for the Wildflower Tour. Is there any plans to get a full Avalanches band up and running? no. Okay, cool. Anyone else got questions? Oh, oh, honestly,
2: <laughs> um, like when you actually tour, the more people you have, the more, the more expensive it love. is. Yeah. And it is crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. So, especially like, now, uh,
1: I can imagine. Like, that's
2: why well, you gotta be a pilot. Hey?
4: That's why you gotta be a pilot. Yeah, yeah I'll the, fly my
2: own plane. I don't those, have to pay for air, like airfares, anything style. like that. Yeah. But, um, so, Iron it's Maiden. just gonna be Robbie and I, and we've got this amazing kind of light show and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the way, too, your band is
0: Jim Morrison, it's the Beach Boys, it's, you know, Sonanda. The way you use voices, especially at that recent gig, you you ha- you know you pull all these, these voices. You've even mentioned, you know, in 50 years, Beyonce's voice is out there, John Lennon's voice is out there floating in the ether.
3: Yeah. I so was, you- was going to say that that's sort of the commonality between both of you guys mm-hmm. is that you... It, there's a selflessness through your work that is also about Listening to other voices and you, and, you know, lifting them up and celebrating that as your artistic practice, you That's know, as cute. opposed to like, you know, the... Kind of bear- like
2: making ourselves front and centre of everything mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like yeah, we're very you know, respectful of, of all the people we sample and everything like that and it's like they are part of us and it's part of the avalanches and it's the avalanches is just isn't, you know, two people or anything like that. It's all the people we kind of somehow bring from the ether or like you know sample and find and everything and that just becomes part of us as well and it's like you know some of these people are dead and everything it's like they get a second life in this Mm. new track that's that's happening that we we use them for yeah it's
4: very um what my mum would call it moving with purpose Mm. you know if you're gonna you're gonna step this way then there's got to be a reason and an understanding behind that and every time you do that that's how you go forward so um, i think that's definitely with di- in different ways of course what we do here and obviously
3: yeah. voices are louder when they're together
4: uh-huh. that's it mm. yeah.
3: beautiful i'm uh, sorry to talk over you before that was a dick move um it's
1: okay it's fine
3: okay. mike's voice is the not, not
2: your first dick move thank you so much <laughs>
0: Uh, thank you for your wisdom and for coming out and just being here with us tonight. It's been an absolute honour and very excited for you to hang around and do a bum-to-bum, back-to-back uh, DJ set later on. Please make them feel very yes. welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank them a lot. Soju Gang and Tony De Blassie. These two will be back with me. Get some drinks, and get a bit of food, hang out, <laughs> chat with people. Don't be awkward, just kiss and cuddle. Okay, back shortly. Sorry.